But he says, other people are owing us too. Have you heard that rubbish before? God said, fine. Why are you paying them on that day? They will start reminding you. It was your birthday, you had to do it. You already promised your wife holiday, so you had to go. And God said, did you see how you invoked a curse upon your own work? You see what I'm saying? So why did he, I mean, what's this one for? Say so this one is 75,800 naira. 75,800. What is it for? And the men who were, there was one job we were doing, the boys who worked with it. When, why were you paying them that day? You looked. When did they finish the work? Six weeks before. Why were you paying them? On six weeks late. Was it because you didn't have money? A scripture drops in your mind. The labor, the work, the wages of the laborer that worked for you. That the one that you have not paid, they go home to cry. Their cry is going up to the Lord of what? Sabbath. That's the Lord of hosts. That's an avenging God. You, so you, six weeks. These guys, they end on a daily basis. You're owing them for six weeks. Are you alright? What was the reason? I wanted to show them so that they would have sense. <laughs> That's when the Bible says, judge not and you will not be judged. Those are the appropriate scriptures. You no, know, your money talks, so I'm telling you, your money talks. You look at it, you take another one, what is the expenditure for? Holy, Holy Spirit takes you through them one by one. One after the other. That is what Christians do with fast. I will say this one more time. Any preacher, any prophet, any pastor that reveals to you the person afflicting you is blind. He's lying. He's a false prophet. But he saw a vision. I don't care. Still false. Even if it's, I saw them where they are cooking the calabash, that is your head inside the calabash. Then. And he shows it to you. He's still false. He's talking to a Christian. In fact, even if he's talking to a Muslim, he's still false. Do you know why? Because if you were talking to a Muslim, you should be preaching Christ to the fellow. If, he was, if he's talking to a Christian, you should realize that those things don't matter in the lives of Christians. The question would be, why is the witchcraft of your auntie affecting you? It couldn't possibly affect you if you did not use a copper wire to touch the electric cable. Are you getting my point? If your life was insulated by the righteousness of God, it wouldn't matter what is passing through the cable. You are the one that took iron rod, used to jam EDC transformer, and you are saying, transformer is shocking me. Drop the iron rod, the shock will go away. Listen, that's what we do with Psalm 119. That's how we are reading it. That's how we are going to write. So we take it line by line. Like I said, very good example. Print your money, your, your, your account sheet. A businessman. Start taking it one by one. This money, which one is it? Man, it was school fees time. I needed to take the money to pay my school fees. But this business doesn't belong to you alone. Why are you approving a loan for yourself from a business that is not your own alone? You only own a percentage of it. Your friends, your business partners, they trusted you as a CEO. Now you are spending their money. You take it one by one. If you have been falling short, you start repenting. You start making phone calls. Guys, I'm sorry. It's true. Guys, I'm sorry. The men you paid late, you call them. Oh boy, that job you guys did six weeks ago, I'm sorry, the money came late to, I suppose don't pay. I'm so sorry. In fact, you know, and I don't like sorries with mouth. It's too cheap. It doesn't have effect. 
Can I digress more again? Why are you laughing at me? This is serious digression. You know, anything that happens in my house, I come and use it to preach. Yesterday, my wife vexed. No, not for me. I'm a good husband. Permanently good husband. <laughs> Permanently a good husband. <laughs> so, anyway, she wasn't getting angry with me. No, no, I'm not altogether righteous. I've just mean that. It wasn't me anyway. It was with some brethren. Now, when I say that, when you want to tell the men, say, just say, use mouth to say sorry. Don't use mouth to say sorry. If God has given the ability to use another method. One of my friends, he wants to do a job for a big man one day. And he and the local government officials, they, it was a construction matter, all right? It had to do with building. They were waiting. The man said, okay, let's go by maybe 12. The man showed up by 12 and said, please, I'm coming. And they not show back up till like 5 o'clock. So when he came back, he was, he was like, oh, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. So he called my friend. I said, this man have been waiting. What do we do? The guy said, uh, okay, sir, so can you find us something? Uh, five, five thousand. The man said, ah, five thousand. That was small. So he came out, gave the man twenty, twenty thousand naira. Of course, this one we're praying, God, waste our time tomorrow against that. Because <laughs> <laughs> this kind of thing, I like this kind of time wasting. You know. So he considered my friend a big man. Then he was a lecturer in, in, in the here. They went to go and do the job in Lagos. So I said, well, you uncle, how do we do now? So he went upstairs, came out for wasting, it wasn't up to five hours, maybe like four hours. Gave the guy 200,000. So in that kind of thing, I can't wait till tomorrow, there's no problem. <laughs> I will wait till tomorrow. <laughs> the Lord is good. <laughs> now, really, if you want to tell people sorry, try and, try and do something. I mean, don't just use mouth to say sorry. The reason that is, you are not serious most of the time, you are not, okay? Unless it's something that only sorry like that can do. Okay, but if you really want to say sorry for people you held their money for six weeks, when you want to say sorry, please say it properly. Your hand should say the sorry. 737 should say sorry. You know what they call 737? Yes. Okay, all of you know 737. <laughs> okay, all right, that, that, that's how to do it. Now, the one that said happened in my house that my wife was just so angry, and I want to give you as a lesson. I found out, in fact, she quoted a scripture, which is uh, what James said, James chapter 2, when he said that if anyone is... Um, if, if somebody's hungry and you say, be warm, be filled, you prophesy, you lay hands, you declare the anointing, by the unction of God upon my life, I speak to you, food. God said, before you do that, first check your pocket. Don't prophesy if there's money in your pocket. It's easier to just call the girl passing, selling a bacha. Call the girl, save this man, buy everything, pay for it. That is better than prophetic utterance when somebody's hungry. That taught me a lesson because something led to it. Okay, actually, one of our sisters playing a program. You may have seen the lineup of ministers. I'm ministering, Pastor Craig is ministering, Pastor Devan is ministering, Chintok is ministering, um, um, what did they, Christy Baturi Obuefun is ministering. About two other people, that apart from the small, 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 small people that they, their pictures don't show, their names show. You know the way posters are. <laughs> a lot of people that, they, <laughs> so people have breakfast and say, oh, in Jesus' name, go in grace. Grace will be with you. This program is powerful. Now my wife said, brethren. If that's all you see, that prophecy is not working. You've seen the lineup. You know how much it costs. Why are you prophesying? Those prophetic contracts are very, very angry, annoying. No? He said, look, as people are going to do this program, the Lord will go with you. I won't even tell you amen. Kind of amen with that one. Your money can't go with me. The Lord will go with me. If you are flat broke, you don't have any money, we can understand. But you can't be there. Oh, Stop. I said, you guys are going where? Ah, we're traveling to 
Uh, that our brother that day, when he heard that we were going to Makodi, he said, ah, instantly he wired 20,000 naira for fuel. I said, that's how you pray for people. Say, I said, I'm going to Makodi, the Lord, he, 20K for fuel. I said, in fact, the Lord is with you too. <laughs> <laughs> Not only I was going to Makodi. <laughs> Are you getting my point? Yes, it's true. No, that's just by the way, all right? Like I said, that one, my wife was so angry yesterday. I had to tell her to relax, relax. I said, you know, your husband is a preacher. He collected the person, the account number of the ministry plan, the program, posted it for my brethren. He said, brethren, don't stop prophesying. Use this account number. This is your prophecy is enough. Use this account number to support this project. Don't be saying that, oh, grace will be plenty. We pray from heaven that the anointing shall be strong. Later, I'm going to teach you about how to make giving a habit. Please, I'll have to teach you about it again. Christians don't understand it. You have to make giving a habit. You just have to. That's by the way, all right? No, that, that was a quarrel that was in my house yesterday. Nobody mentioned the quarrel with you. They quarrel with brethren where they prophesy, and their prophets can't prophesy. When your mouth is prophesying, your prophet should, your pocket should also what? Prophesy. You know, we have a, oh God, I'm gisting too much. We have a, one child like people there on people's birthday. Happy birthday, you have been a wonderful man. Happy, now so one of our brothers is doing birthday. I went to the chat, eh, to see his birthday greeting. See prophetic word. The first time I knew you were prophesying. The day I saw you, my life changed. You stood with us and had this problem. Oh, God will bless you, sir. God will bless you, sir. And they bless this guy, bless this guy. People were blessing from all over the world. Now I called the guy and said, oh, well, how far? All those prophetic people, what happened? He said, bros, now only the cake where your wife sent, now I see you. <laughs> <laughs> I said, all those prophetic controversies, he said, okay, he said, one other person, okay, they sent out one fire recharge card. He said, beyond those ones. <laughs> I see brethren. No, I, I went to the charts and I saw the prophetic words. They were prophesying. The guy, the, I called him. He just laughed. He said, Now, prophecy, I chopped down my birthday. <laughs> prophecy was all over the place. I told my wife, That's one reason why I know they like to join this birthday greetings. I see too much hypocrisy in it. It's for all of us to, to, to learn a lesson. I will teach it later. You must make giving a habit. Must be part of your life. Once you have any money, like they cut, say this half or 50% is to give. Say, is that not a lot? It's not a lot. It's not a lot. When my wife first arrived in Enugu, that's how we started. Everything we end, we cut it into two. The other, that's 50. That 50 we shed into two. Say, half of the 50 goes purely for preaching of the gospel. The other half goes to help people that is not, you know, preaching this time around. And guess what? Every month, we, after a few months, we cancel the account. It didn't use to balance. Do you know why? We always give more than that. So, back to what I was saying. So, you go to your account book. Take it one by one. You know what you are doing? You are doing what David is saying. Making sure that your steps are ordered according to his precepts. Are you getting what I'm saying? You are making sure your steps are ordered according to his precepts. That's what you are doing. That's why I gave that money as an example. Let the money talk for you. Just go through it. There are monies you will spend. And God said, what is this money doing? He said, hmm, you know, we have to put some money aside. You never can know tomorrow. Are, are you seeing what I'm saying? No matter what business planning people have told you, you have lied against the word of God by doing that. Listen to me. Many times when we are doing things in life, what we don't realize, and please let me say this, just first so strong, all right, in my heart. Many problems we have in life is because we have a systematic Method of disobeying God, and we don't realize it, is ingrained into our system. You're going to buy your Robert Kiyosaki, 
you used Robert Kiyosaki to draw the financial plan for your life. You didn't commit any obvious sin. You didn't steal from anybody. But it's not the word of God. You did not use the words of Jesus. At least. You see, that's what David was saying. I have considered your testimony. At the beginning, he said, you have given us your precepts that we should follow them diligently. How? How do we follow them? How do we follow them? One more time. Diligently. That is, I have read Robert Kiyosaki. Give me another popular financial planner. Brian Tracy. Okay, they give me maybe seven steps for multiplying wealth. I take each step and he says it's what? Diligently. I say, what did the Lord say about this step? What did the Lord say about this step? This other step, what did he say? Anyone that disagrees with God, no matter how sensible it appears to a natural man, will cancel it. Otherwise, you are systematically setting your life up against God. Life is spiritual. Many times when I pray, God, breakthrough, breakthrough, breakthrough. God is saying, break what through? I need to break everything down first. Before I can bless you, I must uproot these principles. I must uproot. The foundation is wrong. I must uproot. I must uproot everything your life is based on. You're asking for a blessing. God never blesses wrong behavior. He never blesses unrighteousness. He never blesses wrong precepts. He never does. No matter how hard you pray, no matter how hard you pray, no matter how hard you give, he never does. The only thing he can do is to correct people. Listen, everybody, take time out and do that thing. Just bring, print your account for the last three months. Even in priority, like I said earlier, what money, what money goes to first in your life is important to God. One of the reasons why Christians don't give is because they leave giving till last. They want to give from change. When I have nothing else to do with money. One of my colleagues, his landlord tells him something very interesting. If you go to the landlord and it, you tell him, please, we're supposed to pay you by maybe 1st of February. But we are sorry, there are problems in the family. God, we can leave it till 1st of April. You know what he reminds you of? Say, you forgot that your rent is a problem. And, and that's the attitude of people. You are owing somebody money. You want to wait till it's convenient. You don't realize that certain things are what? Priority. That's a matter of fact. Oftentimes, Christians don't understand that giving is priority. That's why they are looking for preachers who will come and wind them. Why? Because the selfishness is what that preacher is playing on. So that might say, Lala will tell him that <laughs> you forget that your rent is, is what? Is a, is a problem. If tomorrow it threatens to throw you out, you now say he's wicked. But you are solving other problems. Why do you consider that his rent is not a problem? In the same manner, Christians often, they easily tell stories on why they can't give. Why? Because they think that it's not priority. And they did not lie to themselves that, you know, I follow Pastor Banky. And Pastor Banky says that, you know, it's not because of what I give that God is going to multiply for me. <laughs> May God have mercy on you. You are not following me. <laughs> That's what the Bible calls itching ears. You heard what you wanted to hear. 
Because if you were following me, eh? if you were following me totally, you would know I said many more things. I didn't say that. In fact, what I said is that once you have that attitude, you're already wrong. Your foundation is wrong. That is, your, your concern is that since it's not going to bring me prosperity, what's the hurry? Even if somebody else dies in his poverty, if somebody, an important work of God is not done, it doesn't matter. After all, it's not going to bring me prosperity. Listen, I'm talking about Psalm 19. Instead of the distractions that ever since I married that family, I heard that my mother-in-law is a witch. Some people will say that ever since I married into that family, my problems began. Listen, God said you are proud. I don't listen to the prayers of proud people. Because of my time, I can't start showing you the scriptures. Once you are pointing fingers and say that is the reason why I have problems, he said you are proud and I don't listen to the prayers of proud people. Psalm 119. Say, what am I supposed to do? Instead of saying, ever since I married to that family, let me check over time. How have I been relating with that family? Has it been in accordance with the precepts of God? Jesus said, love your enemies. Pray for them that hate you. Abi? And despisefully use you. Good. He said, do good to them that hate you and pray for them that despitefully use you. Now, this is the point. My wife has a friend there. Eh? One day we'll be talking, the girl will vibrate. You know what they call vibration? Quoting scripture. Her mother led like this. Then the Bible, if you remember that the Bible says, it shall get like, you know what they call, have you seen Babala will release incantation? <laughs> the girl who they use scripture, they fight. Who is she fighting? Her mother-in-law. One day I called my wife. I said, what your friend is doing is wrong. Her mother-in-law is wicked, maybe. I don't know. I said, but this attack, fire for fire, is not Christianity. She has never told her friend, my wife, that I sat down one day and I said, I must love this woman no matter what. She has never said it. And that's what the Bible says she should have done. And she'll be using scriptures to show that uh, one day, you know this kind of, I could feel in the air that the spirit was not wrong, it was, was not right. And I just realized that the woman was coming from some and so place, I began to pray. And I began to release this thing. I remember the scripture said that there's no good for the wicked. And the Bible says that suffer not the wicked to live. And she will really this. And I said, the Bible says that. Ah. And then I called my wife. I said, tell your friend, say, there is a way of victory. Go and read Kenny Higgin. Love the way of victory. So before you start blaming the family, ask yourself, how have I walked in love towards these people? What, instead of blaming your in-laws, blaming your mother-in-law, fighting your in-laws, this is a commandment of God for you today. Take time out aside. Go and pray. We're talking about fasting, right? That's what we we'll fast and pray concerning. And say, just replay your life over the since you might this your husband. In the last maybe two years and six months now, how have you related with these your in-laws? I didn't say I didn't say they were spirits. That is, I didn't say they were angels. I just said, how have you related? That's all I've said. That's all I've asked. You will check. Have you forgotten his precepts? Have you used his ordinances to arrange your ways? Have you loved them the way he said they should be loved? Your husband is always a problem. Sit down and go over your life. Have you related with your husband the way God said you should? One of the things I always tell women, you've heard me preach many times. Many people, when they see me, ah, Pastor, good afternoon, sir. You have never said sir for your husband. You don't say you smoke something. Yes, you have never said sir to your husband. You're telling me, sir. You know the truth? I have, I've made up my mind once. I said, okay, you women may not like this woman, but it's the truth. Now I'm a man of God. <laughs> I, have, I realized one thing. 
if they come, if they if they check men and women, who does better as a married person? Um, I've also given it. Men or women? Men. He thinks he's a man and he's, he's a man. So what did you expect him to say? Because telling the truth, any woman volunteer to answer me? Who disagrees? All of them are the fear. Okay, no worries. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, generally speaking, the men have done better. And I'll tell you, it's not their fault. It's not their fault. It's not because they are too good. It's because the popular doctrine is more in agreement with the word of God. The popular doctrine taught to women is not in agreement with the word of God. Let me give you a very practical one. I thought about it a few days ago. Think about this. If you ask, if I call a man out now, and I ask him, who is the woman you love most in life? Everybody expects him to say his wife. If he says anything different from his wife, do you get my point? We have a problem. If he says my mother, the wife would do like this. The wife don't begin vibrate. All the other women don't do face for him like this. The only women that may not do face for him are the mothers with grown children who are hoping that these boys that I suffered for will love me more than any other girl in this world. But generally, everybody's eyeing him. The pastor no go agree, nobody go agree. Think about that. Think about it for a moment. If you bring a man up, ask him that question, who do you love most in this, in this world? And he says, ah, that my secretary is such a good woman. I think she's the one I love most in this world. We'll block road. <laughs> you will explain how you can love your secretary most. I say nothing. No, we don't want to hear nothing. <laughs> but now let's reverse it now. You see what I'm making. If you ask a woman, who do you rest now? Notice the word. Respect most in this world. If she says her father is a oh, well brought up girl. Do you see my point? If he says, oh, it's my boss. Oh. Ah, my boss? I don't play with him. Oh, you're a good worker. It doesn't cross her mind. She has sinned as much as a man. Why? Because we think what she owes her husband is love. The Bible says she owes him respect. That is why the men have generally done better. Because as preachers, we have thrust a better doctrine on them. We have made the demand of God on them. We have said to them, you must love your wife above every other person. And they have learnt it from their youth. So once they are marrying, we let them know clearly. Do you get my point? One day my wife, my mother came to my house, asked my sister to enter the kitchen and make food for her. I told my sister to break, turn back and go and talk to my wife. My wife wanted to enter the ground, thought I was embarrassing her. I said, baby, I'm saving you, not embarrassing you. And everybody that hears it says, ah, oh, this guy, look at it. That's why his life is straight. <laughs> they don't think of me a wicked soul because I love my mother. My wife knows. I share my wife, they get along very, very well. These things were taught to us since we were young men. By the word of God, this is not societal value. I hope you get my point. Average society says that until you born boy, your leg is not balanced. <laughs> Do you understand? But we, we say, ah, no, my children know. If, it, if my children know, say, if they kidnap them, say, me, I bring my wife, they, they are dead. I'm not even going to answer them. <laughs> <laughs> they know. They know. No, no. They know. They are aware. He just kidnapped all of them. He said, what, what are you asking for? Asking for more. Just kill us. That guy. They actually will tell you, my daddy will not release his wife for you. Forget that. Sir. You want all his children? Just carry us. Don't worry. We'll die in the will of God. 
Why? We were taught these things from our youth. As Christians, we learned, we learned it. But we taught our wives that what they should do is cook. I'm sure it's a sign of love. No, the Bible never said so. That is why I think generally, like I said, not because the men are better, because we have been what? Better taught. One day I was in Portugal, one of our sisters, the, the, the husband one of our brothers called, and she said, sir. So I turned. Ah, you answer your husband, sir? She said, yes. I said, why do you do that? I wasn't clear. I was just, you know, like, like what brought this? She not said, well, I told her, I said, do you realize that the word Lord in the Bible, you understand? When Sarah called uh, called um, Abraham Lord, you know, for, I had finished writing, should I say yes before I decoded it? I said, what is the modern equivalent for Lord? The modern equivalent is sir. Then last, yesterday or two days ago, I was not reading my Bible. And I found out where Jesus, at the point in time, Jesus said, um, ask somebody something. And the person turned and said, Lord. The Bible put a footnote. He said, or, sir. I said, this is what I, 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 I don't even know how I decoded it. So then my sister said to her husband, sir. And I said, why did you do that? I'm like, she said, no, she just, she just came up with it for certain reasons. I said, do you know that is what the Bible commended Sarah for? That is, she called her husband every, the same thing the servants called him, my Lord. Which in modern day is what? Sir. <laughs> the Lord is good. I said the Lord is good. It's not your fault. They didn't teach you. <laughs> now back to what I was saying. Let's go back to what I was saying. So, Psalm 119. The precepts of God will take it when one to pray, say, how have I adhered diligently, diligently, diligently. I started by saying, listen, it is not everything you ask. It's not only what you ask God for that he gives you. And that's what we began from. God said, therefore, when you want to pray, sit down on these precepts. Sit down and be diligent in application of these precepts. When you want to you know, check your life, that's what we've been looking at. When you want to check your life, what do you do? You check and say, Lord, how have I followed these precepts? You will declare some things are declarations by David. You declare it also. Oh, Lord, I love your law. It is my meditation all the day. What does it mean to be meditation? I talk about it all the day. All the day. Say, your commandments have made me wiser than my enemies. Now, I'm just going to rush through those three. Wiser than my enemies. Why? Because your commandments are always before me. Or like New Living Translation says, for they are my constant guide. He said, number two, I have more understanding. I have more insight than all my teachers. For your testimonies are my meditation. And number three, he says, I understand more than the aged because I have observed your precepts. What are we saying? When we focus on God's word and we make it our meditations and we make sure that the word is always with us, what happens is that when people are plotting against you, what looks like foolishness that you are doing? Are you getting my point? What looks like foolishness? The thing that you are doing while you are obeying the word of God. It becomes what? Wisdom. Let me give you an example. They say everybody submit your promotion letter by tomorrow. Eh? You get to know it. Other guys in your office, they don't know. You know, you can keep it so that only you will be promoted. You know that? But the Bible makes it clear that you are not allowed to do that. So you're now opening for everybody. Everybody says, ah, what is wrong with you? What is wrong with you? Ah, they're promoting only two people. There are seven of you in this office. Now, seven people will now apply now. Increasing the competition. 
You know, so they, why, why did he do that? Because the, med, the word of God says, not from the east, not the west, comes exaltation. God is judge. He lifts up, he brings down one and lifts up another. So you are commending your conscience towards God. It makes you do what is right. Then one day you now hear the next department. One, somebody kept the promotion letter and then letter than everybody else know. When they heard, they sacked him or queried him. You, don't, you know what they call query? They queried the fellow and for that reason, he was automatically disqualified from that promotion. Are you getting my point? You now find out that there's a guy that hates you most but he's in another department. See, you are not trying to do him, you are not trying to overtake him. Do you follow? What were you trying to do? Just be a good, just obeying the word of God. It turned out that you ended up pleasing those who are above without planning to. That's what David was saying. Look, these things are practical. They are practical things. There's a man who works in my office. One day I told my wife the story. He just believed that another person was against. Now, let me tell you the story, please. Give me a minute to tell the story. True story. He was slightly senior to another person. I'm going to call her so I can leave the story like that. He's slightly senior to one other guy. Okay? Two of them in the same office. So he just one day he told me that he believed that the other person, they wanted this younger, this the junior fellow to be promoted above him. Do you follow? I told him there's nothing like that. So there was a time I was not the HOD. Something happened. His promotion letter came out. But they now withdrew it and said that they made a mistake. Because of his mindset, he went to the HOD's office and said, my promotion letter was withdrawn. I don't want to correct something. What does he know about it? The HOD said, I don't know anything now. I'm not the big bosses up there. You know what he now did? He pointed his finger at the guy. He says, warning him that anybody that tries him in this office, he banged the table. I don't know what he smoked that day because he did it to the wrong guy. My guy can be vicious. That one stood me. Eh? He wrote him a hot query. You know this kind of query that even the man writing it can't hold the letter. <laughs> and made the guy, there was one guy who he was helping with his postgraduate project there. And made that one sign a testimony to what happened. He attached the two and followed to management. Management responded with suspension. Unfortunately for him, you know civil service, suspension enters. He enters into the records. After they became humble. Then one day, one single position at the top of their rank opened. His suspension counted against him. The person below him was promoted above him. The thing that he greatly feared came upon him. Why? Because I want him. I said, listen, keep your eyes away from this fellow. Nobody is against you. Finally, the, the day the promotion letter came, I was the one acting as HOD. And I said, ah, is it true that he doesn't know? I said, I don't know Buko. <laughs> I left the guy. I don't know Buko. I don't know Buko. Leave me alone. Don't join me in the matter. He used all kinds of methods to try and get it from my mouth. You know, I don't imprison both letters. I just look and I say, wait. I, mean, I got the copy of that because as HOD, you give you a copy of the, the promotion of the other fellow. I didn't just say anything. You know? Let him find out from any, not from my mouth. I noticed that thing. Listen, because he was so paranoid, that was what acted. I, I, I mean, it's something I witnessed. 
Anytime you want to talk to him, he will feel like eh, they, they are conspiring against him. Listen, all these conspiracy enemies against you is the reason why you won't make progress. Forget the enemies. Meditate on the testimonies. Are you getting my point? That's it. David said, listen, when I meditate on the word of God, it gives me more insights than my teachers. Simply, look, you heard this cholesterol noise. They made for a long time. For more than 20 years, I said it was a lie. Finally, this year, the gist went out. Cholesterol has been removed from the list of things that are bad in your food. People who heard me said, look, oh, my students, all over the place, my students will say, ah, Dr. Nation used to say this. Dr. Nation used to say, I've been saying this thing for more than 20 years, that this thing is a lie. Did I do extensive research? No. There's just a few basic things I just observed. And they have a new one, and they say it's sugar that is poisoning you. Hear ye my words again. I didn't say the word of the Lord. Hear ye my words. It's also what? A lie. I don't want to digress. You'll have found that stop solving a problem you don't have. I look at Nigeria sometimes. Those days they say, I don't eat cholesterol. I say, who gave you cholesterol? I say, I don't. You see one person with thin like a broomstick like this. They say, I don't eat cholesterol. I say, you don't see him before. <laughs> Person where they chop, who only eat eggs on Sundays. They say I know they chop cholesterol. It's only Sunday where your wife remembers you <laughs> that she adds you. <laughs> what do you eat every morning? Nobody in try traffic in the bar, but it tells me I know they eat cholesterol. And you know that's and that's good African food. That <laughs> let's let's leave that side. But I have my understanding that my teachers, believe me, as far as I was concerned, it was because of the regard I have for the word of God that helped me see that thing twenty years ahead of everybody. And that's even more than the aged. Because I have observed your precepts. What does that mean? He said, I have restrained my feet from every evil way that I may keep your word. This is as a result of keeping that word that I'm restrained from every evil way. I'm even wiser than aged people. I'm wiser than those who are old when I obey the precepts of God. Now, listen, let me just leave it here. The point I'm making here is this. This is what we do in the time of what? Fasting and praying. Let's rise to our feet. That is what we do. In the time of what? Fasting and praying. That is what we do in the time of fasting and praying. We check how much we have conformed with these words. Fasting is not return to sender. There are prayers you have never seen in the Bible. Are you getting my point? Yes, sir. People return arrows to sender. Arrows go back to those who fire it automatically if my ways are pleasing to the Lord. Do you get my point? If I'm wicked, no matter how much I shout return to sender, the sender will send it again while I'm sleeping. Then it will now hit. It is better that my ways are pleasing to God. That the things that I do, all right, God is pleased with them. That is what prayer is about. Many prayers we pray, altar versus altar. All the altars of Christians face heaven. It does not face their enemies. I hope you are getting my point. When we altar, offer any sacrifices on any altar, it is to God. He said, altars raised against you. We always say, we read that from Numbers 23. Altars were raised against Israelites. They did not know. Did the altar work? No. 14 bulls and 14 he goats or rams. 28 serious animals. The people were not even aware. That's not our prayer. Our prayer is simple. God, is my way pleasing to you? Let us pray. Pray that prayer fervently. Ah, say, Lord, is my way pleasing to you? Are you happy with the way I've been relating with my in-laws? With the way I've been spending my money? 
Listen, nobody's against you, Christians. Nobody, nobody's against you. It's simple. Lord, are you happy with the way I've, have, have I been doing things in accordance with your precept? That's what the prayer is. Have I been doing things in accordance with your precepts? Have I restrained my feet from every evil way? Please pray. Ask the Lord. Ask him. Have I restrained my feet from every evil way? When I was persecuted, Lord, what did I do? That's the question you'll be asking yourself. Say, Lord, forgive me for the times I was busy fighting back. Instead of meditating on your word. When people almost destroyed me, I forsook the presence of God. Is that what my way was? Say, Lord, now I repent. From now on, I will not forsake your precepts. Even if people are almost destroy me, I will keep the testimony of your mouth. I know that your word, O oh Lord, is settled. Pray that prayer. Say, Lord, forever your word is settled. Forever your word is settled. I will adhere to that word. Your law will be my delight. That's what you should pray this, this evening. Say, Lord, your law will be my delight. Your law, Lord, will be my delight. I will not forget your precepts. I'm reading that from Psalm 119. Let's declare it together. Say, your word is sweet to my taste. It's sweeter than honey to my mouth. From your precepts, I get understanding. Say, Lord, I hate every evil way. You can use my words or you can use your own word. Just conclude that prayer by David. Say, Lord, I will not turn aside from your ordinances. I will not turn aside from the words that you have taught me. That's verse 102. Those words are sweet to my taste. I enjoy them. Confess it. I enjoy that word. I enjoy those words. Say, the word is sweeter than honey to my mouth. From your precepts, Lord, I get understanding. So this is one thing I ask of you. That's it. Say, Lord, this is one thing I ask. Like Solomon, I come and ask today, Lord, give me understanding I shall live. The righteousness of thy testimony is everlasting. Give me understanding, Lord, and I shall live. Make your word real to me that I may obey it. Pray to the Lord. Say, Lord, make your word real to me. Teach me your precepts. Let's declare this word again, everybody, the way what we normally declare of understanding. As a way of concluding this prayer, everybody declares, want to let's go. Now I declare that the Lord has given me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. And I'm being filled with the knowledge of his will. In all spiritual wisdom and understanding, as a result of it, I'm walking in a manner worthy of the Lord. I'm pleasing him in all respects. I'm bearing fruit in every good work. And I'm increasing in the knowledge of God. Now again, I incline my ears to his word. The word is entering my heart. It is giving me light and direction. It is healing me in every area. And it's making me more and more like the Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. That's your confession and that's your portion in the name of Jesus Christ. The Lord is good. I said the Lord is good. All right, let's share the grace in fellowship. Because of the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, surely we are passed out of death and we are passed into life. We have passed out of darkness into the light of Christ. We have passed out from under the curse into the blessing. All things have passed away in our lives. We are now filled with the spirit of Christ. We live above sin and walk above the devil because we are seated high above with Christ. This is our season of multiplication and dominion in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Bless somebody beside you, please. This is your season of multiplication and dominion. Bless another person. This is your season of multiplication and dominion. 
One more person. This is your seasonal multiplication and dominion. One for yourself. This is my seasonal multiplication and dominion. All right, cheer up, brethren.